0: hello everyone welcome back to climbing the ivy on the fan side of network this is your host alex pat alongside adam mcginnis and uh let's see we are on we do have enough money to keep this show on how about that um i can't say the same for the chicago cubs but uh hey we're still here we're still doing things for now Um, yeah, we, we got a lot of stuff to talk about and, um, there's going to be some frustration on this show and yeah, we're just going to kind of let it all out. So stick with us, Adam, how you doing? Dandy. Good. Okay, cool. You're here. Awesome. We're both here. Yeah. We're both here. We are here. And, uh, like Chris Bryan and Wilson Gutierrez for now, we are both here.
1: Well, yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed.
0: We're here. All right, so winter meetings are, well, they're over. They're wrapping up. Uh, there's been a lot going on around baseball. Not a lot going on around the Cubs at all. But let's, let's just start first with what's going on around baseball. Unlike last year, the top free agents have been signed. And when I mean top, I mean like the top tier of free agents we are talking Garrett Cole, Anthony Rendon, Steven Strasburg. Those three were the biggest free agents this year, and they've been signed. Garrett Cole to the New York Yankees. I think we all saw that coming. Anthony Rendon to the Angels. Interesting. And Steven Strasburg back to the Nationals. Uh, I'm looking at the average salary right now for those three guys. Over $30 million a year.
1: That's something. Uh, were you surprised at all by any of these moves? I'm actually a little bit surprised about the Rendon signing. I I didn't think he would end up going to the Angels. I, I really pegged him uh, to end up being a Dodger. I was almost sure he was going to end up being a Dodger. Uh, but we, we did know that he was going to get that kind of money in free sure. agency. The contract itself is not surprising at all. It's just the team he wound up with. Uh, It'll be interesting to see Joe Madden managing him. Uh, I think we pretty much all were just waiting for the Garrett Cole Yankees announcement to even come. That seemed like it was set in stone. Um, I will say that, you know, I like that the angels are getting more aggressive and trying to win games because it's just a crying shame the way they've wasted Mike Trout's prime. Mm -hmm. That being said, Rendon isn't going to be enough. It's going to be a good lineup, a great lineup maybe, but the pitching just still isn't there. The bullpen's not that great. The starting rotation is not great either. They're still, I think, a long ways away, a a lot of moves away from actually contending. Uh, The Yankees, on the other hand, just got a lot better. Uh, Rotation with Garrett Cole and with Paxton and Tanaka, Severino, that could be really good.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about the Angels for a sec. You brought up their pitching. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Did They still have work to do. And I don't think they're done making moves either. Uh, I think now they can look at... I mean, I don't think one move is going to put them over the top either, uh, pitching-wise. But I think if you get a Dallas Keuchel in that rotation, or some solid veteran in there, you at least take a step forward... You're gonna need to make a lot of moves, but they gotta get another established starting pitcher. I think Dallas Keuchel would be a place to start. Yeah. Dallas Keuchel is kind of a coin flip these days.
1: I feel well, like, but yeah, I mean, I, I I just don't. It feels like Cy Young, Dallas Keuchel, like those days might be behind him. Uh huh. Which yeah. isn't to say that he can't still be a very good starting pitcher, but I think even if you add Dallas Keuchel to the LA Angels it's still a rather underwhelming rotation. Do you think they go after Hingeon Ryu? I think they should. I mean, you've got a new manager, you're spending all this money, you might as well go all in. I think what, one thing that'll be really interesting to see is if they use Otani regularly in the rotation, and if he can actually pitch well. I mean, it's it's been kind of uh, inconsistent playing time due to injuries lately, so...
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they have Cole Calhoun as a free agent right now. He's been a big part of their team for a long time. Uh, but I don't think a guy like him is going to be their main focus necessarily. I think it's going to go over to pitching because yeah. if you look at their lineup as it is. It's pretty dang good. Uh, I, I think pitching right now is their biggest weakness by far. I mean, you have oh, the best yeah. player of this generation and you have Anthony Rendon in that lineup. I, I think it's fair to say pitching is their number one priority.
1: Yeah. I mean, besides Otani, when the most recognizable name in your rotation is Dylan Bundy. Yeah. You've got some work to do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But that was um, a really cool move by the Angels. I'm glad they made it. It's It's a loaded lineup now. It is. And you know what? It's another big name that's not only not in the NL
1: Central, but not in the NL period. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Get all those big guys out of the NL, make the path easier for the Cubs. That's all right. Now, going back to Garrett Cole real quick. I mean,
0: there was no way the Yankees were going to let him go elsewhere. It was obvious. They were going to give him whatever he wanted to get him there.
1: And my God, that is a mammoth contract. That is a gargantuan contract.
0: Yes, it is. And you know what? It may pay off for a while. You know that those last few years are not going to be very good, but if oh, it, you get what you want out of the first few, then you're satisfied.
1: Right, yeah. I mean, it could it could be even sooner than just before it approaches the last few years. But I, I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand is that you make these huge signings, these big multi-year deals with the idea that if you win only one World Series, in the course of that time, then it's a success.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of those things you look at with John Lester. He did his job. He right. was a multiple time All Star in his first few years. I mean, even if this last season is absolute garbage,
1: it was worth it. It was absolutely one hundred percent worth well- it. Absolutely. But I mean, it is a big difference even the, between these two, though. I mean, John Lester, oh, of course, of John course. Lester's deal. I mean, he's thirty five, thirty five years old now, I think. Mm-hmm. If Garrett if Garrett Cole goes to the very end of this deal with the Yankees, he'll be thirty eight. And that money's all guaranteed, isn't it? Yeah, I I believe so. He's locked in at thirty six mil a year.
0: Yeah. And that was another uh, that was another instance where. You have Scott Boris getting Man, his clients paid.
1: He is raking.
0: I mean, and he's not even done yet. You have Garrett no. Cole, Anthony Rendon, Steven Strasburg, Mike is signed. You still have Nicholas Castellanos. and yeah, Castellanos authors. is going to get paid, yeah. I mean, it, he's going to be making like a billion dollars combined for all his clients. Oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So, uh, Front Office Sports tweeted last night after a week in which his client side deals worth a combined $814 million. He's not done, and he's sleeping on cash. That is some impressive work by one man to get all that.
1: Yeah, you don't even have to look it up anymore. If it's a high-profile baseball player, you know his agent is Scott Boris.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the funny thing is, too, uh, I believe Marcelo Zuna dropped Boris... Last year or the year before, he dropped him at some point. But if he had not done that, that would have been another decently big free agent on this market. That probably
1: Ozuna has had kind of he's struggled lately, and I, I think he's hurt his value a little bit. But he's still he's still a pretty big name on the market. He'll still and get I, money. I oh mean, yeah, they're still get paid decently. He's still an, he's an he's an above average player, and a lot of teams could use his skill set. But yeah, man. It, it, it would be nice to be Scott Boris at Christmas time.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Uh, who do you think right now is the biggest name on the market? I think right now, overall, it's probably Madison Bumgarner. But the thing is, Madison Bumgarner—if he was a free agent a few years ago in this situation—he would probably be uh, an even bigger deal.
1: Yeah, uh, it, I guess you could go with him. Uh, maybe Josh Donaldson, just because it seems like there's a lot of teams. Sure. That are that are wanting a third baseman right now. That's true. Uh, and Josh Donaldson has been playing well. He's, he's kind of getting up there in age. But, yeah, I'd, I'd say either him, Donaldson, Castellanos, Keichel. That's, you're kind of getting back down to the end of the, the premier guys there.
0: Yeah, you have the second tier, which is right under the first tier. And the second tier is pretty dang good. It's just not quite Garrett Cole, Anthony Rendon, or Steven mm-hmm. Strasburg. I, Dallas Keichel... Again, he's a weird situation. He really is. If we were going off his Cy Young year a few years ago and he was a free agent, again, this would be completely different. But yeah, that's not the case.
1: Well and I th- I think I'd r- I'd rather have Ryu than Keiko if we're going by pitchers that are left on the market. Yeah, I think I...
0: if you if you look at the numbers, sure, I think the one one risk there is the injuries with Ryu. But mm-hmm. you know that there's there's always risk for that.
1: Well, and I, I think that'll reflect in his his overall contract, whatever he gets. I, I think the the injury risk will be apparent in whatever the final number is. Uh, but I I think you you've got similar uh, similar concerns with Keuchel too. Just not necessarily injuries, but just that you really don't know what version of Dallas Keuchel you're going to get right it's it's been very up and down for him it'll he, either pay
0: off greatly or not so much but i yeah. think you can. i think you can still confidently sign keichel and say okay he'll give you a solid veteran at the very least he'll give you a solid uh, veteran presence in the rotation you just don't know mm-hmm. if you're going to get an ace like season or like a I
1: don't know what you'd
0: say a solid veteran like season. If, if that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, it really just feels like a coin flip with guy. Yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. Uh, so we'll keep monitoring as the time goes on the show over the next few weeks. But I mean, you know, the signings are they're uh, they're happening. The checklists are being checked off, so to speak. Okay. Well, let's, let's get to the Cubs. Let's recap what they did, uh, At the winter meetings. Nothing. Wait, there was one more thing. Ah, yes, that. I forgot. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Nothing. Nothing happened. No extensions
1: (laughs) even. And are we surprised? Well. Not the least bit, if you're asking me. It's becoming less and less surprising.
0: I thought at least there'd be an extension of some sort with Javier Baez, the way they were talking it up. But not only are they not going to do that with Baez, they're not going to do it with Rizzo, which started a whole stir. Though I think the Rizzo thing, it's not imperative that they get an extension done now. It's just that the timing of this whole story coming out kind of, you know, it's spiced up a bit with the whole they're not spending any money right now type thing
1: yeah i tell you what really irks me about this is the fact that their renovations have have gone so far over their budget that just makes this look even worse yeah and apparently there was some
0: issues with uh special seating or whatever it just it it really is getting
1: worse. So so we go into this season already with the mindset that they're going to be really tight with the checkbook. And then you come out and tell us that you missed your budget by 100%. I mean, I, honestly, if something like that is happening, it really, really shakes my faith in management. Because now, how, how am I supposed to believe after they make big announcements like this that they're doing big projects or they make a big signing how how am i supposed to believe uh that they're financially ready for the seasons to come afterwards it it just is, it blows my mind how you can miss your budget by 100% on renovations 100% you know what worries me too is you know
0: uh this uh, whole tv deal i mean there's part of me that thinks you know i don't really I'm not really an expert on the whole thing, but it, it almost feels like at this rate, watch the TV deal or the TV station just flop. Just something goes with it where it just flops. It doesn't well, bring in nearly what people thought. It, it's the production value, whatever it is, just it just flops.
1: I mean, well, that's it, terrible, terrible foresight on their part. It, in the first year of a TV deal kicking in, and you're you're talking about trading. The best player on your team, you're not extending one of the best young players on your team, Uh, you're spending no money on free agents, even really cheap guys uh, by market standards are apparently out of the Cubs price range. This is what you're doing right before Mm -hmm. a TV deal kicks in? Mm -hmm. Seems not smart to me. No, I mean,
0: what the uh, Bad the center strategy. fielder Shogo Akiyama is that his name? I, yeah, I haven't read up like as much that, about yeah. him. Uh, but I, I've read up on his stats. I know his OBP is really good. Um, what five
1: million dollars a year? They can't even do that. The, yeah, like, that's really? ridiculous. And even if you're not willing to do that, I, it's that's terrible that you let that get out to the public because, frankly, it's a little embarrassing.
0: It, it, this whole thing is embarrassing. This whole mismanagement of the of the budget and the spend on Wrigley, uh, you know, it, and now we're hearing that they're dealing with, you know, not enough uh, special seating for uh, people well, with needs. It's like what? what who
1: is well, who's in charge of all this? I mean, that's that's what I'm talking. About. I, I hate to sound like a broken record, but I, it just it, it blows my mind that in the first year of the TV deal, your focus isn't on putting the best product on the field. It's it's the seating. Yeah. You get out of here. You would think that you would think that uh, you'd think they'd have things like this better planned out. I mean, at this point, the way things are going, the way the rumors are going, I'm almost just expecting a totally stripped down version of the Cubs. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's this more and more is starting to feel like the beginning of a rebuild. It is when that absolutely should not be the case right now. It it shouldn't be. And we're potentially in the
0: situation because the the people running the business side made some big bad
1: mistakes, some big I, stupid things. I like tell this. you, outside of the renovations, the money they're spending on renovations, the Cubs are acting like a small market team. I know it. I know. I, I, mean, I mean, really, where does Crane
0: Kenny fit in all this? Who shouldn't knows? He be getting? Shouldn't he be getting some blasts right now? I, I think he should be. You, you're looking at all these business decisions with the renovations, and it, it, it's just stuff like this going wrong and bad decisions being made, and some frankly awful ones. Just period. How
1: is this? How is this okay? This is why. This is why you take care of the team first, and renovations second. You make sure you field a good product first. And then you do the renovations. They've got it backwards, I think. Or at least not be dumb and stupid with them. I,
0: I, it's, it's embarrassing. It really is. It,
1: I mean, it makes it, you look bad. You're the Chicago Cubs. You're a national brand. You've got money. Yeah. Yep. And
0: you're supposed to be getting a
1: whole lot more. And this is
0: what's happening. And, you know, it, there's, there's more coming out about the whole Wrigley Field thing and the the seating. I don't. I haven't had a chance to really look at it. All I know is uh, they fell short of some requirements uh, for uh, like special access or whatever. Uh, I, I again, I don't know the details right now. It, it, it just popped up, but again, those are the kind yeah. of things you really can't excuse from a business standpoint for a brand like that.
1: No, that shouldn't be happening.
0: No, not at all uh so here we are we're talking about the cubs going back having done nothing but literally saying this is what they said going back that they fully expect or at least the the writers do the sources do they fully expect chris bryant to be traded so here we are our best and most talented player is probably going to be traded away you know the value you're going to get in return is not going to be Uh, what you want and that the whole point of these winter meetings was to monitor the third base market. So you can trade away your best player because you're in this situation.
1: It's just, it's beyond frustrating. What else can you say?
0: Yeah. I don't really know how I can sit here and expect anything different. No. Hey, surprise. uh, We uh, signed this guy
1: we brought in
0: Nick Castellanos again. No, nope. mm, yeah.
1: Well, nope. I mean, at this point, I I have just accepted that the Cubs probably aren't going to be uh, front runners for the NL Central.
0: No, and uh, we may be getting another 140
1: games from Albert Almora. I mean, you, the Pirates are terrible. The Brewers yes. are are absolutely getting worse. Throughout the offseason, the Reds are improving and it it just feels like we're handing the division to the Cardinals,
0: which is annoying because this division is very
1: winnable. It's gettable. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. And Cardinals are that good. That's why it makes even less sense to be getting rid of Chris Bryant and Wilson Contreras and stripping everything down. I mean, I know the farm system is depleted and you've got a real lack of of talent in the minor league system, but now is not the time to stockpile minor leaguers, not via trade anyway. I mean, like you said, I I agree with you. I don't think the Cardinals are that great. I think they're very gettable. Right. I I think a lot of people
0: would agree. They're not doing much this offseason. I mean, they're they're in on a few of these other free agents, but... They don't typically spend money, and unless they prove me otherwise, I don't really expect
1: them to spend that's, a lot of money. That's why this is even more frustrating because the opportunity exactly. is there. Do exactly. something, make make some moves, some something you know that at least borders on being significant, and go for this thing because it's gettable. Yeah,
0: but here we are. Here we are. uh so this came out, Chicago Tribune Sports. The Cubs haven't given up on Albert Almora Jr., but changes are in store. We think he's better than what he's shown at the big league level. With some adjustments in approach, I think there's plenty more there. I, I, just, I feel like you can't go on and preach accountability and change when you're not going to be making any real changes unless you're trading away your superstar player. Does that make any sense
1: to you? It seems hasty. It, it To me, that just sounds like, well, last season didn't go as planned. We better trade our best player and hope that something good happens now or down the road. It doesn't really feel like they actually have a roadmap in in store. No, no. And look,
0: I, I'm looking back at the situation the past two years. If last offseason would have happened and they would have completely learned from it, they said, OK, we're going to fix the holes we need to by any means necessary trade signing develop whatever uh we're we're not gonna be on a huge tight you know like a a huge stranglehold on a budget we're not gonna be like free spenders like the yankees but we'll at least spend to fix some holes you can live with one off season but the fact that it's even worse now than it was last year after money has come off the books boy
1: it's it's just worse like I said on the last show, even if Jason Hayward had completely lived up to the contract they gave him, I'd be less enthused about it now, knowing that that was going to completely paralyze their their ability to spend anything in the years afterwards. Yeah, I, I, the, other, the other thing
0: I wanted to bring up really quickly on this conversation was we look at the state of the team, and... Let's say you do trade Chris Bryant for a package. What road does that even get you? Because That's a you re- can't, you can't a go now. halfway down one road. Well, it's like I, the, the thing is, they're not going to admit they're going to go into a rebuild. They're not going to go into a full rebuild, but you're going to make a rebuilding type move. But when you make a rebuilding type move and not rebuild,
1: what are you even doing? Well, I I completely 100% agree with that because everything that I've seen proposed is that the Cubs would get one pretty good major league ready player and then some decent prospects and I think that's 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 horrible. I I totally agree. You can't go halfway down each road. Either you're getting a package of elite prospects or you're getting some really good major league talent. I, you can't go halfway on both. That just leads you you know. Mediocre prospects down both sides of the aisle. It's terrible. I really hope that there's no truth to some of these rumors. Well, every proposal that we've seen has been awful. It has. It really has. Especially these three-team proposals. They're totally lopsided. Oh, it's nauseating.
0: But the, the sad thing is, is you darn well know, as I said earlier in the show that if there is a trade, it's going to be underwhelming
1: for the Cubs. Absolutely. And I, I fully expect it to happen at this point. Me too. It just feels like they're winging it.
0: It's, it's the ultimate punt. It is literally the ultimate punt. It is taking Pat O'Donnell from Soldier Field, bringing him to Wrigley, and giving him the season, and asking him
1: to punt it. That's what it is. I mean, if you're at a point where you can't even afford the mediocre arms left on the bullpen market, there's been a horrible mismanagement of money. Right. So or a complete lack of foresight. I think it's 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 a little of everything. Because none of us none of us expected the team to be in this situation a year or two ago, did we? If you would have told me that the Cubs would have been acting like they
0: were crying poor with a TV deal coming in, like back in 2017, I would have laughed my butt off and fell on the ground. Yeah. It, it exactly. would have made zero sense to me. None. Zero sense. But, but, but here, here we, we are. are. Here we yeah. are. The other funny thing, too, is you would have told me a few years ago that we would be sitting with a core that has developed the way it has. Like, if you just if you brought me the core players and I looked at their stat sheets, I would have said, man, so how many more pennants in World Series did we win? Well, look at the rest of the team. And that goes to show how many holes there are, with very little urgency to fix those holes. And now it sounds like, well, they could go into the season, maybe 500, use it as a retooling year. I I hate, 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 hate retooling. Because how many times have we seen teams do it where they try to, quote, contend and rebuild at the same time, and all it does is set you further back?
1: Look at the Giants. Yep.
0: They tried to patch those holes with gum and sticks and cheap glue and yeah you know where it, they are
1: as as much as I, I have reservations about the rebuilding thing and i, I know it, it works it's been proven to work uh the i hate it though because it feels like when you start that process you might as well just take a few years off of even being a fan and following the team sure but, but if you're gonna do it you you've got to commit fully one way or the other either I you're agree. really gunning for the thing or you're stripping it down and you're stockpiling those prospects and you're looking to the future. But, yeah, you can't try to juggle both paths. It just doesn't work. It leaves you where the Giants are at, which is just an entirely mediocre team that has no chance of actually making the postseason. I mean, you can choose to go one way
0: in the fork in the road or the other way, or you could just drive straight and you'll probably end up in a swamp. And that's where the Cubs are heading, the swamp.
1: Mm hmm. A big, stinky, ogre filled swamp. I wouldn't like it. I would not like it if they were rebuilding, but I'd have more respect for the for the front office if they just admitted that that's what they were going to do. And they committed fully to that. But instead, we're kind of left in the dark here as to what their intentions actually are. I have no idea what their plan is or if they even have a plan at all. I think honestly, they're just they're trying everything and
0: seeing what's going to work. I mean, their number one goal right now is clearly to get money off the books and have some trades happen. That's They're not looking at this season. They're looking at that more than anything. Usually you make trades when you're in a window of contention to try to win, and you see an outlook with that, but they don't have an outlook on the season. They're just trying to clear money. That's all they're trying right. to do. It's, it sucks
1: that's that's the
0: best way to put it i think the other thing too is if you're trying to clear all this money and you say you clear one or two guys if your budget is really as tight as it is how much can you even afford then you can't go signing several players if this is your budget even if you do clear a few million dollars so what, you you clear a guy or two and you go out and sign some $5 million, like million replacement-level player?
1: Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, if the Cubs can't even afford to, to swing $5 million to a guy this season, what do you think, what's going to change next season? And, and, you know, if they can't sign somebody for $5 million right now, they're not going to be getting some of those Tier 1 guys next year either. Right.
0: I just wish that even if the answer was something we didn't like, like a rebuild, a full rebuild, it, t- at the end of the day, I would rather have that clear path. Because even if you do clear that money, like I said, and you sign some replacement-level player, it doesn't really help you in the near future or the distant future. So there you are again, going down the middle of that fork and ending up in a swamp. That's where they're headed. You have so many holes to fill. Their current bench right now, if you look at it, that's not a division-winning team. No, no, that's that's a mediocre team. Look at their starting rotation. You have Hendricks in his prime. He's still good. If you, Darvish, is pitching like you, Darvish, like he did the second half of last year, you have an ace like pitcher on your hands beyond that you have jose quintana whose consistency has gone out the window you have john lester who's just old not the same
1: and then your fifth starter as of right now is tyler chatwood well and what's scary to me the front office in the past has generally been forthcoming Mm -hmm. I think they've just been so blindsided by the lack of success the last couple of years that they just genuinely aren't actually sure what the best route is right now. Well, when you can't
0: uh, develop pitching like they were hoping they would do, and if you haven't been able to hit as much on the free agents and trades you have
1: as you hoped Mm -hmm. you would— Well, that that's got to shake your confidence a little bit. I think that's the, that's the biggest misstep in this whole thing was the lack of development. Sure. uh, uh, Yeah. While these other teams have been able to develop some pitching, the Cubs have been reduced solely to trading and signing for arms. And now Mm -hmm. that they've got all their money wrapped up in arms too, they've got nothing left for anybody else. And here we are in this predicament of, well, we're, we're kind of maybe good enough to win a division, but, also, you know, it, it hasn't gone well, but we have no room to improve. They're, they're stuck in a really bad middle ground right now that they, it seems like they just have no idea how to get out of.
0: Yeah, and the other problem, too, is if you look at the pitching as it is, you see a common theme with what they're getting outside of, like, you, Darvish, they're they're getting very similar contact like pitchers, and you see more and more that you need to have more of a swing and miss type pitcher these day and age. At least more on your staff. They don't have a lot of that, and it just it doesn't seem like they've valued that as much over the past few years as the course of the game has changed with the quote unquote juice balls and hitting home runs out of the ballpark. So. I mean, they did a good job in the early years, 2015, 2016, but, you know, they're, the way they've evaluated pitching, I think you can say is questionable, not just from a development standpoint, but just trading, getting getting one in general.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, there's yet another example of it just doesn't feel like they have an actual plan in mind. They're, they're just kind of winging it and, and doing things as they go along without being totally certain of of what they want their identity to be. It's just kind of a hodgepodge of of randomness right now, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, no, it really is. And every offseason leading up to like last year, Theo was very transparent about what they needed, the holes that needed to be filled, what needed to be addressed, what needed to be changed, and whether they were fulfilled or not, they had a plan. They had a plan outlined. A lot of people want to turn to the free agent signings and the quote-unquote bad contracts. Let's look at that for a sec. How many contracts on this team can you honestly say is the main source of where they are right now? There are some big contracts, and yeah, maybe there are some overpays, but do you really think that one man like jason hayward is
1: causing this whole thing you can't think like that that seems to be the the source uh, of the blame for the front office is you, you, all the money you've got wrapped up into to hayward and lester and darvish but you know that's just three guys and you're approaching the end of the lester contract right and i mean i i think the really big questionable
0: contract was Tyler Chatwood. And I think, yeah, that probably was not a very good contract. I uh, guess, Brandon Morrow didn't work out because of the injuries, but, you know,
1: other than that, well, you I can guess, at least say some of the contracts are worth it. Yeah, I mean, you, you I guess you, you have to consider that, that maybe they're saving some of this money with the idea that they're going to actually extend one of these players. You I know, mean, you save some of this money for Baez for an extension or for Bryant for an extension, maybe even Contreras. But again, it, it just feels like they're not even making any, any ground on that front either. So no, they're not clearly. Yeah, so, so do something, do one thing or the other, but don't just stand pat again, because we've seen the last couple of years what that gets us. I'm not sitting here and
0: asking the Cubs to go out and sign a Garrett Cole. I'm not asking them to spend $300 million on one player. I'm not no. asking them to spend $250 million on like an Anthony Rendon or a Steven Strasburg. I am not asking for albatross contracts here. Nobody is. But it, there's a big
1: difference between doing something and doing nothing. And and I think they're they're fairly close. It doesn't feel like they're that far off from being a decent team. I mean, you look at that lineup. That's a good, solid lineup and i think you're one mid-tier starting pitcher away maybe from having a, a trustable rotation headlined by Darvish and Hendricks uh but but you got to revamp that bullpen a little bit the bullpen as it is right now i have no confidence in it no i don't think anybody does no nor should they no i mean i i tried to be optimistic during the offseason last year but that was in vain i guess
0: yeah that was uh no bueno no bueno even if even if craig kimbrel bounces back the rest of it's not good enough <laughs> no you don't know if I, some of the good we saw last year from the bullpen was from guys like uh wick and it,
1: yeah you can't (laughs) really that's really about it it's too early yeah and even wick you we don't know yet if wick was actually if he was just a flash in the pan or if this is actually who he's going to be moving forward
0: exactly exactly uh brandon Kinsler had a pretty good year uh he's kind of one of those guys where he's good one year he's not as good the next year um but yeah
1: it's I'll say this: if they if they really can get Brandon Morrow back on a minor league deal, that would be pretty good. I love because that. I, I think if they can get him healthy, he would be a very good arm, a, a very good addition to the bullpen. No, I, I, I agree. would. You know, that's at least there. You know what kind of potential is there, and it's it's low risk, so that would be good. But I'm not really holding my breath on that either. That kind of feels too good to be true.
0: Yeah. We forget sometimes just how good Brandon Morrow was before he got hurt. But at least if you brought him back on a minor league deal, you could strike a potential gold mine without risking much, even though at this point it seems like a minor league deals too much for them. But what do I know?
1: Yeah. Can they even afford minor league deals anymore?
0: Yeah, seriously.
1: I just, I can't believe we're sitting here
0: right now at the end of the winter meeting and nothing has happened nothing the only thing that seems yeah. to be somewhat inching closer is
1: trading away your best player that's it that's it and and we don't even i mean there's really if you do trade chris bryant there's really no clear cut need anywhere as far as as the, as the major league roster is concerned maybe center field the lead off bat but really is it worth it to trade a generational third base talent for a lead off bat? Or you could just spend a little bit of money and improve a little bit, but you know, what, uh, what do I know? Yeah. I mean, I just, even the idea of trading Chris Bryant for elite prospects worries me. It just, it's a really, really high risk move trading a sure thing. For example, like sort of and you you've seen you know multiple times how that can work out, how it can burn you. Look at the Marlins and Christian Yelich. Look mm-hmm. look where they've ended up after trading him. It, I mean it's it's basically now like the Marlins gave him away for nothing. Absolutely nothing. I
0: they gave him away for some bubble wrap, uh a stick of gum, and a puddle
1: of puke. And that's putting it generously, I think.
0: Yeah, I agree. It really is. Two puddles of puke. There you go. There we go. There we go. There we go. You know, I got to say, this whole Cubs thing, it really just sums up Chicago sports in 2019. Just a batch of awful. It really is just blah in 20. One of the worst years that I've had as a sports fan in this city in a while i know you don't live in chicago but as someone who lives in chicago i could tell you it's been it's been sucky
1: yeah you know we're 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 doing all this speculating and, and complaining about what they've done now watch them have a 70 percent win percentage by the end of may yeah <laughs> yeah right. david ross man maybe he's the magic maybe he's got the magic that or he's maybe being he... set
0: up for failure. Yeah,
1: it's a, more inclined to go with the latter, but who knows? Maybe he is the bullpen whisperer. Well, he was a dang good catcher in the state The always whisperer. With him.
0: the whisperer. Uh, the spend your money. How whisperer. to train
1: your Almora. How Starring to David Ross. How to
0: not be a jerk and actually do your renovations right, whisperer.
1: I say we go back to 2016 and bring back the try not to suck yes seriously i know joe madden's gone but can we keep the the catchphrase or whatever you call that the slogan how how about we add it a little tougher for old david ross and we
0: say try not to suck or i will beat you with a stick
1: yeah yeah something along those lines get good plebes how about win win ball games if you ever want to see your family again (sighs) that a little too that's dark (laughs) is that it's getting a little not safe for work in here? That's dark. (laughs) I'm just trying to motivate here is all I'm doing. I'm just spitballing, you know? No, you know what I could see Ross doing?
0: You know how they have like that party game room area? Uh Uh-huh. He just like stands in front of it when they try to go be like, nope, you didn't do good enough today. You're not partying. Instead, you are going to sit in your seats in the clubhouse right now and you're going to eat soy cubes ugh no thanks N- no thanks they'll have a cardboard cutout of uh, Yoshikwanu, the old long time uh, clubhouse manager and uh, it'll have like a-, a shelf like on each hand, it'll just be full of soy cubes it'll be like alright, get your plate of soy cubes sit down, start eating ugh
1: I think I'd almost rather have ketchup on a burger than that. And you know how I feel about ketchup on burgers. You think that's worse than soy cubes? It borders on it. Okay, what
0: about... Uh, uh, oh, what's what's more
1: gross to eat? I don't Olives. know how you feel about...
0: Uh, no, no.
1: Olives are disgusting. No. Olives are one of the worst things that have no. ever been put on this earth.
0: No, no. No, uh, how, how about uh, prunes? Yeah.
1: Prunes? Prunes are gross. What is this? Nineteen twelve? Yeah, eating prunes. Yeah, Yoshikuanu, Uh, the the big
0: statue Yoshikuanu in the clubhouse to commemorate Yoshikuanu will uh will give you uh
1: nice prunes. You have to eat. I'm um, I'm not eating prunes for anybody, for any reason. That's right. It's...
0: That's a good punishment. That's a good punishment. Yeah, and, yeah I can
1: think of worse. You- I guess.
0: Sure, but, you know, I, I'm i just saying, and I'm bringing up Yosh because I love Yosh. He was a legend. Remember Yosh?
1: Yeah. Died a few years ago. I was sad. Here's a hot food take for you. Okay. It's not relevant to anything we've talked about, but All right. spaghetti is way overrated. Well, are you just talking about just plain spaghetti? The dish, you know, I, I I'm talking about... Even if you went and ordered it at a five-star restaurant, spaghetti is overrated.
0: All right. um, Anyone listening to this podcast, I'm taking applications for a new (laughs) co-host. Please see me.
1: Fill out your application, please. I will sign my identity over to anyone who can impress me with a good plate of spaghetti.
0: You haven't tried my spaghetti. It can't be
1: done. You have not tried mine. I guarantee you it would not impress me
0: okay what your your does it you? You. tell
1: me what what kind of dish
0: does impress you
1: oh lots of lots of foods impress me a nice medium rare well-seasoned steak well, It depends on who I'll makes it. it no i think just about anybody who can who can cook on a grill could do it right oh oh come on people could screw sure. it up oh yeah sure it's been screwed up plenty of times but okay what else what else what? What else impresses me? No, yeah. What, what really I, impresses you? Like, sense of food, you know. Pizza guy. I, I, you know, the spaghetti thing is, like, I like a lot of Italian dishes. I love Italian food. I just don't like spaghetti very much. I love fettuccine Alfredo pasta. That could like be that.
0: either really good or really bad.
1: Well, I mean, you got to get it from a halfway decent place. I think if you, if you right. get something like fettuccine Alfredo from a chain or like a a fast food type italian place that, that that's no good. Uh, italian fast food is is like fish fast food, just stay away from it. It's not worth it.
0: Yeah, no, it's if you get it at a
1: five star restaurant, and fettuccine alfredo can be heavenly. If you're get, yeah, if you're getting italian food, I think you got you got to go to a nicer place. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not trying to get some some fettuccine alfredo from like Applebee's or something. <laughs> <laughs> Applebee's. Uh, come to think of it i'm not trying to get anything from applebee's maybe other than appetizers i think every time i've ever gone to applebee's i've been totally and completely underwhelmed by their their food it well, we're not getting a, a sponsorship from applebee's now are we
0: you know here's the thing i just <laughs> you go to places
1: like that with low expectations, I suppose. Yeah, because but, you know what? Most of it's frozen. But somehow they get even lower each time. Yeah, Most of it's frozen. They just got to learn how to use some salt.
0: I mean, I would say fresher ingredients, but the problem is it's with everything so
1: expensive, they have to cut down and cheapen on that kind of thing. Mm, yeah, I'd rather, you know, I, I'm to the point where if I go to a place like that, I'm not even going to order an entree. I just get like three plates of pot stickers or something. See, <laughs> excuse me. Here's the thing.
0: If you go to an Applebee's or a TGI Fridays and you get like a nice combo platter of like cheese sticks,
1: wings. That's the way to go. That's good. Yeah, it's that's good the way stuff. To, good eats. We, we've learned, my friends and I have learned, that's the way to go at a place like that. Skip the burgers, skip the entrees, just load up on the apps.
0: Yeah. No, I'm totally with you. I am totally 100% with you. I love mozzarella sticks from TGI Fridays.
1: Oh, yeah. It's, it, it's good. good stuff and 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 that's hard to screw up mot sticks that's hard to screw up yeah it's it's mozzarella flour (laughs) and you
0: fry them and of course potato skins Mm -mm. tater skins tater skins with a nice uh, side of uh skins though what
1: like what what that's what a grandma orders at a restaurant like that Uh, are you slandering tater skins I'm absolutely slandering tater skins. How can you slander tater skins? Well, because I have a thing called taste. You are such a brown nose. Good
0: good grief. How can you not like tater skins? Oh, uh, that's pretty pretty easy. They're
1: not that great. Did you, well, it's it's potato cheese and bacon. How can you not like it? It's it's pretty simple. There are better things on the menu than tater skins. Like and what? so you order those, literally anything, chicken wings, the moth sticks, I don't know, S- something with pepperoni in it, I don't I don't know, anything but tater skin, come on, tater skins? Yes! A nice big plate of tater skins with sour cream uh, and green onion.
0: Oh, God. Man, you and your... Look <laughs> at my taste. No, you know... Me. You know... You know what you should do? What you really should do is go to like a hop. You know, like instead of bar hopping, you you hop among TGI Fridays, Applebee's, oh, and all those other places known for appetizers, and you try them all in one night.
1: How am I gonna how am I gonna keep my appetite all night? Hard work and dedication, man. Uh Imagine, imagine like, five items at each one. It's bad enough having to go to an Applebee's once in a day. You're telling me to go to a place like that multiple times in a day? Mm. Uh. See,
0: here's, here's a problem that I have. The restaurants like Applebee's and Friday's that I had as a kid, they're all gone. And they've been replaced with bigger, nicer restaurants. The yeah. food is better. The atmosphere is better. There's just one problem. It ain't cheap. And Well, it's, yeah, I
1: mean, for what you're getting, too, at some of these places, it's not as good as you'd expect.
0: No, and I don't want to say it's bad, but when you're paying a ridiculous amount of money for some of these, these food items... You don't even want to get drinks because you know that's going to add up on your tab. And the next oh, yeah. thing you know, you're, playing, you're paying 50 plus bucks.
1: Food at places like that just has gotten worse over the years, I feel like. I used to really love old Chicago. All the old Chicagos around my area are are terrible now compared to what they were 10 years ago.
0: Well, again, it's I think it's just because the cost of running a business is going up and they can't afford the best ingredients, so they have to cut corners.
1: Yeah, maybe they can't afford a good chef either. I mean, even even if the ingredients are, aren't are all that great, I mean, you, you still can find smart chefs who know how to season things and well, how sure. to cook things right. But, man, so, some of these places are getting kind of gross.
0: Well, even TGI Fridays, honestly, as a kid, I don't know if it was just because I was a kid, which, but I remember the quality being
1: a little better. Well, yeah, which, which sucks, because you know, if I'm going out with friends for a night, I'm not trying to go to the nicest fanciest most expensive place out there no no it's i mean you don't even want to do that
0: with the way it costs in general and yeah you also want a place where you know you can rely on not like amazing service like let me fluff your pillows sir, or what kind of wine would you like but service where it's quick and easy yeah yeah there's a difference
1: have you ever done that? Have you ever turned wine away? Have you ever tasted a wine and said, no, no, something else? No. No, me either. I could never, I could never in a million years do that, I don't think. Well, and here's I think one that's of the... just our generation, too. Even if it was the worst wine I've ever tasted in my entire life, which I haven't had very much wine. I'm not a wine guy. I still could not do that, I don't think. I'd just suck it up and drink it.
0: Right, no, I, I know what you mean exactly. And, and here's the thing. When I get wine at a restaurant, most of the time it's at a Greek restaurant because, you know, I'm Greek. I go to Greek restaurants a lot. But I know that I'm going to like the wine because I know what it is and I know it's good. So, you know, I have no reason to turn it away.
1: I'm I I don't know. I'm just not a wine guy. I I mean, do you have to be older to get into wine? Is that how it works? I'm 24 years old and I still just uh, I I don't know. I mean, Whenever I'm with my family, Thanksgiving, Christmas, all these events, I never partake in the wine really because I just I just don't don't care for it.
0: No, I, I just think but it's a thing where you like it or you don't.
1: Maybe I mean maybe it's something you you kind of mature into a little bit. I mean there was one point in my life where I hated coffee, and now I drink just an obscene amount of it to the point where I'm probably going to have to make like a lifestyle change in that regard dumping too many pots of acid in my stomach every day well do you drink it because you like it or do you drink it because it keeps you awake uh i guess maybe sort of both definitely leaning more towards the end of because i like it okay at at this point in my life the caffeine doesn't have near the same effect on me as it once did i really just genuinely enjoy coffee
0: Here's my problem with caffeine. Like, I don't drink coffee, but if I need it to, like, perk up and wake up during work, it doesn't really do much. But if I drink it late at night, then I'm up all night.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I generally try to avoid drinking caffeine at night. I I, I hate it. I, I'm really jealous because it seems like all of my friends, they can drink coffee any time in the evening and go to bed whenever they want. I'm not that way if I have coffee or like a Mountain Dew or a Coke or something after eight o'clock, I'm going to be up till three in the morning. Right. Yeah. That's uh, I know everyone's different, but yeah, that's kind of how it is
0: with me where if I drink it late at night, I'll be up, but sometimes not like it's sometimes it affects me. Sometimes it doesn't. It's weird.
1: It's weird. Drink decaf.
0: Well, I don't drink coffee, period. So
1: that's weird. See, that's weird to me.
0: Meh, never liked it. I I don't like hot drinks. I it, just it, don't.
1: It's, it's really weird to me. Anyone who's out of high school that doesn't drink coffee, I just don't get it. Never touch it. Never had a full
0: cup in my life. Mm. What really?
1: You really? just don't. You you don't like it, or you don't care to
0: try it. I I tried sips of it. I just can't. I just don't like it. Here's the weird thing, though. I, it's I love something you learn to like. I love coffee-flavored ice cream and, like, chocolate bars, and I love the smell of it, but just drinking coffee, I just I can't do it.
1: I think you'd learn to like it. I mean, I, I, I think most people remember their first sip of coffee when they were kids, and I would, I would say probably most of the time you don't like it, but then you grow up to depend on it every day of your life. Maybe. I mean,
0: the one thing I'd want to avoid is getting like addicted to caffeine. I just I wouldn't really want to do it, but I wouldn't mind trying coffee again. Well, true, true. Uh, One thing that I've always said was. If I'm going to ever like coffee I'm going to make sure that I like basic coffee first before I get into all the fancy
1: frappuccino lattes. Oh, stuff. no, I don't drink that crap. Like, like I get mean, a nice, nice pot of Colombian-style coffee each day. I don't do, like, the, the mocha latte crap like that. And that's, that's, so another, that's another
0: thing that adds up cost-wise. You, you go out for coffee every day? I mean, that, that adds up.
1: Yeah, I mean, well... That's why it's cheaper to just buy a coffee maker and and make it each day yourself. Right. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be a coffee drinker if I had to get in my car and, and drive to a a drive through to spend three bucks on it every morning.
0: Right. Like if you had to go to Starbucks or Caribou or whatever, before you go to work, I mean, there's plenty of people I know do that. And there's plenty of people who use the coffee machine in my break room at work. It's like, we have a, we have a Dunkin' spout, we have a Starbucks spout, we have uh, some other brand—I don't know what it is—but every time I walk into the office, there's a line of at least two, three, four people uh, at that coffee machine. And then we have an ice brew dispenser that people use. So, and then a little mini market
1: in our on our floor that has all sorts of uh, coffee yeah. drinks. It, yeah. it's everywhere. Yeah, see, see buying buying your coffee like that from something like Starbucks every day is is a horrible waste of money because I mean you if you just get your own coffee maker, you could be spending like ten bucks a month on coffee and that's it.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things where you don't think it adds up because you don't see it as very expensive. But if if you just look at it, you're like, well, that's that can add up. I mean, you can say that about anything, oh, yeah. really. Like oh, yeah. when I like to go out with friends and I get a few drinks you don't realize until the chat adds that up adds fast up yeah very fast i yeah. actually have a funny story about that um once i was out with a friend we were still in college i thought rum and cokes were on special that night so i had like six
1: oh. and when
0: i finally got the bill i looked at it and almost fell out of my chair
1: six rum and cokes it was like five or six. Oh, my God, dude. That's like something out of a sitcom. <laughs> six Rotten Cokes?
0: Yeah. I can't. Lot. I can't do that anymore.
1: Honestly, <laughs> I, can't, I can't drink like that anymore. But in college, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't have many nights out like that anymore either. If I go out, I'll have one or two. I yeah. mean, just because A,
0: I don't want to spend too much, and B, I just don't have that tolerance level anymore. I don't want to feel like crap the next it's- day
1: very casual at this point yeah
0: and, yeah that i mean college days you felt invincible and yeah it's it's, it, it's funny, it, funny
1: at times it yeah it could feel it can feel kind of pathetic if, you know if you go out and you get you get too drunk and you just sit back and you're like what am i doing I, i'm not i'm not a college sophomore anymore this no i don't even like doing kind that. of pathetic yeah. yeah exactly i don't even yeah. like over drinking. I, I don't. Yeah, I didn't even do it that
0: much. It was just a few occasions in that one time where I had like five or six. I it, it was yeah. at least it was at least five, but it was over. We were at this place for hours. So so I thought they were on special and they ended up being like six
1: bucks. Well, and, and, and anymore, if I'm out, you know, in a situation like that, it's usually to watch a ball game. And I actually like to enjoy watching the games and uh, absorb too. what's going yeah. on and not just be totally hammered while i'm watching no no i don't either you have one beer at a ball game that's it that's all you need yeah yeah it's just something to relax not 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 trying to to get blackout for sporting events no unless (laughs) unless you're
0: watching 2019 chicago sports Uh,
1: yeah well yeah you might want to keep the rum and cokes coming for next season trust me if i was i was at a bar when
0: Cody Parkey hit the upright and then the crossbar, if I didn't have work the next day, Oh, I would have gone on a bender. That was, that was a really rough. I
1: don't know if you're familiar with this game or not. It's Nebraska versus Texas big 12 championship 2009. uh, When Nebraska should have won, should have won the game. uh, But the officials reviewed the last play of the game and determined that there should be one second left on the clock. In the game, Texas kicks a field goal, wins the game. Had I been 21 when that happened, I probably would have drowned my sorrows. I mean, that was 10 years ago. I was still a little kid, and I'm still not over it. Uh, I I think I remember that. It sounds familiar. That scenario sounds familiar. You know, Endomicon Sue, right? In the NFL. Yeah, yeah. That game, he was just tossing Colt McCoy around like a rag doll. Yeah. Well,
0: you know, it's uh, obviously the time difference is big, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not over that Bears playoff game. Heck, I'm not over <laughs> when the Bears lost to Green Bay in the NFC Championship game or when they well, lost to Green Bay in week 17 when Randall Cobb uh, was all alone because Chris Conte forgot to cover him. I'm
1: not over any of those games. The Bears playoff game last—it's even worse now, seeing what the Bears are like this year. I mean, at least at the end of that game, you said, "Okay, well, you know what? This was a great first step. The Bears are going to be good in the years to come." Not so much. Well, I mean, still a sliver of the chance, I guess. eh, Yeah, I'm not. I mean, are you really? Are you really holding your breath?
0: No, I'm just hoping they finish strong and can at least build some momentum here. Right. I think it at least shows me that Matt Nagy can at least keep the team together. We can never say that under John Fox or Mark Trestman.
1: I suppose not.
0: Yeah. And there are plenty of other losses over the years that I'm still not over in this city. I mean, it didn't hurt as much because the next year, but boy, the entire summer of 2014, I was salty and angry. Um, when the Blackhawks should have won their second Stanley Cup in a row but they lost to the LA Kings on a garbage deflection goal in overtime uh, I was really mad about that that entire summer uh in 2015 when uh the Bulls lost to LeBron oh man a lot of bad losses yeah so
1: I, I I've kind of tried to follow the bulls every now and again but I, I just can't get into the NBA it's not I, wa- worth I watch bulls, it right. once the I watch it once the playoffs roll around, but the regular season is is just almost unwatchable to me. It's bad basketball. Well, it's Bulls street are, basketball.
0: The Bulls are an absolute crudge show right now. It's yeah. I,
1: Jim Boylan's a pretty pretty popular uh, topic to complain about on Twitter. I see.
0: Well, did you see the pictures from the United Center their last two home games?
1: No, empty. Like Can less than
0: 15,000 in the, a good in the house on that the court. Jordan built. Yeah. yeah That's what how bad. I mean, ever since the Jordan era, they've at least gotten butts in those seats consistently. When the Chicago Bulls are not filling the United Center, you know something is wrong.
1: Tough times in Chicago right now.
0: Yeah, indeed. Let's hope it? for better times, shall we? We shall. All right, so that's going to just about wrap things up here on Climbing the Ivy. We want to thank you all so much for listening. Adam, I always want to thank you for coming on board. A reminder, you can check out Cubby's Crib at cubbyscrib.com. You can check out all of Fansighted at fansighted.com. You can listen to other episodes of this podcast on iTunes. Also be on the lookout for their Twitter page. They post all their content on there as well. So until next time, he's Adam. I'm Alex. Have a great night.